0: Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Jeff, what did you take away from the two title games played last Sunday? Well,
1: I think there are a lot of takeaways uh, in terms of, of results. And obviously the 49ers were up, up a creek, as they say, once once Brock Ferdy got hurt. Josh Johnson was, was a disaster even when he was in there. And then... When he got hurt, it was a total mess for San Francisco. It was too bad because I thought it was a good matchup, and I, and I liked the 49ers, but they had no chance with, with no quarterback in the game. And obviously the, the Kansas City-Cincinnati Cincinnati game was, was an exciting game, good game. It just, uh, as it turned out, for the Bengals, again, when, when you go into a game missing three stars on the offensive line, it's just really tough to to be able to, to win. And they got through it the week before, but not this time against Kansas City. I, th- I think the, there's some lessons to be learned for the Vikings and for the other teams in the league that weren't that far. And I think the lesson, the the, the main lesson is that, that yeah, skill position players, star players, add a lot of sizzle and ticket sales and sponsorships and all that. But, but I think what those games showed me and sh- should show everybody and, and teams like the Vikings is that the games are still, and the championships are still most often won in the trenches, along with having a great quarterback, of course. But I felt like I felt like Jim Vince Lombardi would have loved these games, <laughs> and, yeah. and how they were how they were won because the Eagles and the Chiefs were just more dominant up front on both no sides of the it. ball in in both of these games and and so yeah, Patrick Mahomes was was terrific and he's hobbling around on a sprained ankle. Jalen Hurts is a great two way threat, but the line play I think was the key reason both of these teams are there. The Eagles were able to to move the ball on the ground against San Francisco's great defense, 148-yard rushing day. And the Chiefs didn't run the ball very well, but their defense shut down Kansas City and sacked Burrow five times and hit him whatever, 11 times. So, as I said, the line play, the trench is really key, and I think that should tell Kwesi Adolfo Menza and Kevin O'Connell – with the Vikings, that they need to get even better in the trenches. And and you think about how the Vikings lost to the Giants. Of course, they were missing Brian O'Neill. That was a huge loss. Bradbury was coming back and rusty from a five-game absence. He's dominated by Dexter Lawrence. Ed Ingram had some rookie growing pains. I think going forward, you just have to understand, you can't throw the ball to Justin Jefferson if you don't have time to throw it. And Kirk Cousins knows that well. And then on defense, they just didn't get enough impact down the stretch from Zadarius Smith after he had a great first half of the season. And I think those were the keys. And so as the Vikings go forward, they've got a lot of tough decisions to make. And we're going to talk about one of them real quick here. And that's Dalvin yes. so-
0: Yes, we'll, let's talk about Dalvin Cook. Let's also get to the job Howie Roseman has done, building two almost completely different Super Bowl contenders, uh, You know, even even with some mistakes mixed in. Uh, pretty remarkable work. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. Best way to listen to this show, any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's just the easiest way to do it. Thanks to our sponsors here, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and Platinum Bank. Uh, so, Jeff, let's get into it. Uh, you know, you talk about playing in the trenches. Uh, what we've seen from so many Super Bowl teams in re- of recent vintage is running good, a good running back or a great running back is more of a bonus than a requirement. We've seen the Patriots win with oddball running backs. We've seen the Rams win with oddball running backs. We've seen the 49ers get to the Super Bowl with uh, no name running backs. The Chiefs, you know, I mean, so many of these teams, the Bills, so many of the best teams in football don't have much invested in the running back position and still get enough production from it. Does that inform the way the Vikings look at Dalvin Cook, do you think? I think it
1: should. And you look at the Eagles and the Chiefs, they don't have a running back, as you said, making the kind of money Dalvin was paid last year. He had an 11 point. $9 $9 million salary cap hit. Miles Sanders of the Eagles, a $1.7 million cap hit on the final year of his rookie contract. Now he's going to be a free agent. They have to make a decision on him. The Chiefs number one back, Isaiah Pacheco, is, is a rookie seventh rounder, made $784,000 this season. So I think definitely the Vikings need to take a, a very careful look, and I think they already have And I think the other thing all you have to do with Dalvin is look at him in this offense compared to what he was in the past and go back two years to 2020. He played 14 games, 312 carries, five yards a a carry average, had 44 receptions, 17 touchdowns. This year, he played all 17 games for the first time in his career, partially because of a lighter workload, Only 264 carries in 17 games versus 312 in 14. His his average dropped to 4.4. It's dropped the last two years. He had four fumbles lost. He turns 28 in August, and he had 39 catches this year, 10 touchdowns, yeah. But to me, Alexander Madison has proved to be even perhaps better on short yardage he had five touchdowns and only 74 carries. He has already had a couple hundred yard games when Cook has been out the past couple of years. Jim, what are the chances that Dalvin plays 17 games again next season? He did it for the first time in his career, previously four games, 11, 14, 14 and 13 in his first five years. I think that's very slim. He's going to be able to do that even in a lighter load. And so it stands to reason to me that if you can get, first of all, yeah, you try to trade Dalvin Cook, it's going to be hard. With an $11 million in base and roster and workout money next year, that's going to be hard to make that trade for him. So you may end up releasing him, but you're going to still save $7.9 million on the cap. We know the Vikings, now the league has set the cap at $224.8 million. So we know the Vikings are... Basically, 21 to 23 million over the cap right now. It's very easy to get back to under the cap by extending Cousins and giving him a bonus, spreading out his money. They can knock 15 million or so to 20 million off a Cousins deal quickly. They can cut Jordan Hicks, say 5 million. Here with Dalvin, it's close to 8 million. And, and free up money with some, some restructures for guys like, like Adam Thielen and Harrison Smith. Brian O'Neill is a good restructure candidate. So they'll be fine with the cap, but it just doesn't make sense to, to be paying $11 million to Dalvin Cook. If you can re-sign Alexander Madison, and, and I was thinking about a deal. Say a guy like Leonard Fournette, for example, Jim, in Tampa Bay, makes seven million a year, okay. So if you if you pay Madison six to seven million a year, if you can get him signed for that, and you have a little sign bonus there, you get 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 him for like a three million dollar cap number next year. This is a little caponomics we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you've saved almost five million dollars at running back, and you've got Madison, who I think is a starting caliber back in this league, especially in this offense where he's... Jefferson's the focal point, and and you've got, I think, really two good guys behind him. I liked what I saw on Ty Chandler, the fifth-round pick last year. I still like Kane Wong-Wu, even though he is, has been more of a kick returner, but I think he'd be good in the number two or number three role. He and Chandler can compete for that backup running back role, and I think they'd be just fine in this offense, in O'Connell's offense that is more predicated on the running back being important, but a support system. I like Alexander Madison. I think he should be the starter of next year. He's three years younger than Dalvin Cook. It just makes sense to me to move on from Dalvin and and save that money.
0: Well, I agree with you completely. I was actually thinking about writing about some of this stuff, and I, what jumps out at me is uh, he was healthy last year. He played in all seventeen games, and his average was a career low four point four. Eight touchdowns, you know, was. Fine. It was uh, his, but his big touchdown years were 16 and 13 in and 2020 and 2019. So, last three years, he's gone from, you know, 1,500 yards rushing, five yard average, 16 touchdowns to basically 1,100 yards, 4.7 average, six touchdowns to 1,100 yards, 4.4 average, six to eight touchdowns. So, this was a good year for him, but it wasn't a great year. And it doesn't show, to me, it didn't, uh, it didn't make me think, oh boy, this, you know, this is, Gonna, this offense is going to be about Dalvin Cooker. He's going to be vital to this offense. And that's even with acknowledging that he made some really big plays this year. The catch in, in Washington, uh, the touchdown run in Miami, uh, the touchdown, you know, the screen, long screen pass against the Colts. He had a really good year, and I still don't think he was worth this kind of investment.
1: No, I, and I, I definitely agree. And I think, yeah, he, he can be explosive at times, but he also can be a fumbler, he had, he had four fumbles this year, and, and Madison has fumbled only twice in his career in four years. I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of his average dropping for Dalvin. And, and you know, you said eight touchdowns. He did have the two re- receiving touchdowns, so it's ten total touchdowns. Right. But Madison can do those things, too. He can run the screen game. I'm, I'm not sure he's quite as instinctive a runner as Dalvin in terms of finding holes, but I think he's getting better at it. And as I said, getting better at short yardage, and, and he's a tough guy to bring down. We saw that on several occasions. I like Alexander Madison. I think he's good enough to be your starting running back in this offense and not really lose hardly anything. And we'll see what perhaps a young Chandler and, and Wang Wu can bring to the table too in terms of, of some, some of that explosiveness that they, that they lose when they lose the speed of Dalvin Cook. So it's just it makes sense. It's logic, logical, and as I said, you look at the Super Bowl teams, and and even the, the I guess the Final Four teams. Well, yeah, McCaffrey's making a lot of money in San Francisco, <clears throat> and and they'll keep him for another year because he's so important to that offense. But they don't have an expensive quarterback either at this stage of the, of of their existence. <laughs> they don't have a thirty five million dollar quarterback. When whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, they're they're cheap, relatively speaking.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's get to the other big issue facing – well, there are a lot of big issues facing this team, uh, but one of them is hiring a defensive coordinator. Let's get to that. But first, let's thank longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. And my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and you will see 2.9% APR on all GMC Sierra 1500s, 3.9% APR on Buick SUV models, 3.9% APR plus a $750 purchase allowance, on GMC terrains, and no monthly payments for 90 days on all these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at superstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the
0: premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to our other longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great
1: sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider in today's environment? Businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalizing opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.PlatinumBankMN.com.
0: Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So the Vikings are in the midst of their defensive coordinator uh, search. Our friend Kevin Seifert has been writing that uh, uh, that Everett from the uh, Broncos is possibly their number one candidate. He is interviewing for head coaching jobs and other jobs. Uh, so he is a possible guy. Obviously, Brian Flores is in their top four. They've interviewed Pettin. Uh, what do you think of this process? Do you have a favorite candidate?
1: Yeah, I think the certainly the Denver guy sounds interesting. And, and they've and they played some pretty good defense there. Their struggles last year were on offense, of course. I think it's interesting that it's taking so long. Usually these type of positions are, are filled long before the Super Bowl. And it just seems like it's, it's an extended process this year. But then I think partially that's because there, there are not as many jobs that opened up. I think there are only, what, five head coaching positions that's changed this year after there were 10 last year. So I, I expect something to happen probably probably in the next week, you would think. And I don't know that he's going to go Mike Patton. I think that that would be kind of strange after the kind of season they had last year. I, I think Mike will stay in his advisory role, his uh, kind of senior consulting, whatever they call him, assistant head coach role. But I, I'm sure. I'm sure the, the likelihood is greater that it would be either the Denver guy, however you pronounce that one, Jim, <laughs> and and Brian Flores I think is still an interesting candidate too, and ha- has has a good track record. So it seems like it would be one of those two guys that are kind of battling it out. But who knows? We shall see. Especially if the Denver guy is in demand. There, there could be other possibilities. But I think it is would, imp- it is important to get this thing resolved fairly quickly and then have have that coordinator give some input on decision-making on the defensive side of the ball and, and who he likes and who he thinks is worth keeping, not keeping, uh, pr- possible extensions. One of the guys I think is, is very important in the consideration – that's a little bit under the radar all the time is Dalvin Tomlinson on defense. And he, he's a free agent. He had a career high in pressures with 28, a pressure rate of 10%, two and a half sacks, 42 tackles. He's a 325 pound interior guy who, who can rush the passer and can stop the run. I think he's a, he's an important guy to keep in this defense. And then you got to figure out, well, what are you going to do? with a Darius Smith? What does the new coordinator think of him, and and what happened to him? How did he disappear down the stretch and in the playoff game? Because he he was such a great player that first half of the season. We know he had a knee issue, and he's whatever, 30 years old. Maybe he is not worth that kind of salary and may have to make a move there. So those are the kind of decisions you want your coordinator to be involved in. Daniil Hunter, of course, is is a perpetual contract problem for the Vikings, and they have to figure out what they're going to do with him. And he was just added to the Pro Bowl team. Not that that makes any big deal in my mind. Dalvin Cook also was. And speaking of the Pro Bowl, what a joke, Jim. (laughs) Are you going to watch the flag
0: football game? (laughs) I'm not going to watch, but I never watched the actual Pro Bowl anyway. So, I mean, I you know, I'm not really interested in what they're doing, but I wasn't interested before either. And <laughs> no. so, you know, I, I just think, you know, we're, you and I are old enough to, to understand this. I don't know if Brandon is old enough to get this reference, but they should go back to – they should make Pro Bowl weekend the like the old superstars competition. Those things were so fun watching to see whether Wayne Gretzky or Jerry Rice was faster, you know, whether – who could win in a tug-of-war. I mean, that, that Viking Steelers tug-of-war is still one of the greatest – you know, it's one of the greatest non-sport sporting events I've ever seen.
1: Right, right, yeah. That that was uh, back back when we went to the Super Bowl after my rookie year. We went to we went to Hawaii. It was kind of my my honeymoon, more or less, and went to went to Hawaii with, with the Super Teams, it was called, and that was a fun deal. And back in the day, and and, and we were there with the Raiders and the. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds and New York Yankees, <laughs> the two World Series teams and the two Super Bowl teams. That was kind of crazy. One of the fun parts that weekend, I got time to, to talk to John Madden a little bit, which, which was great to get to know him. But But yeah, I think maybe the skills competition might be
0: semi-interesting, but I'm not watching it. I'll tell you that. (laughs) No, there's got to be something. Yeah, I might read a book. You know, you don't have to, we don't have to watch every single thing they put on TV, even though uh, they're very good at getting us to do so. Um, Yeah. Uh, All-Star games are such a problem in the modern load management era or the, you know, especially in football with the injuries. I don't blame them for trying something different. I'm just not particularly interested in it. Uh, Let's get now to, you know, I wrote about it the other day in the Star Tribune. I'm, I, I'm really impressed. Listen, I think uh, Lynch has done a great job building the 49ers roster. As you said, strong along both fronts. Uh, pretty much every quarterback who plays in the system ends up playing well because of Shanahan's coaching and and the talent around them. But, I mean, Howie Roseman, he's got four starters left from the team that won a Super Bowl in Minneapolis. And two new quarterbacks, new head coach, new completely new coaching staff, uh, new s- secondary, new linebackers, new cornerbacks, new uh, – you know, quarterbacks, new receivers, new running backs, and he's going back to the Super Bowl and he might win a second in five years. I just and that's even with him taking uh, you know, Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. That's even with him taking Carson Wentz and having that not work out. So his ability to build depth a- across the rest of the roster has been remarkable. Yeah, it sure has.
1: And it, it helps when you hit on a second round quarterback and see yep. and, and you get a free agent signing several free agent signings as they've done on defense that have been, have been so instrumental in their success. Yeah. I think Howie's done a, done a terrific job there. Uh, Again, other than the, the Rager over Jefferson pick, but, but Hey, he wasn't the only one who missed on JJ because there were three other teams that picked wide receivers before, before uh, Jefferson went. And, and yeah, you talk about John Lynch and the job that the 49ers have done. One thing we know about about San Francisco, they will not be having a quarterback named Tom Brady head out west.
0: <laughs> no, nope, that is Tom true. Tom Brady
1: says he's retired for good. And
0: I believe him this time, Jim. <laughs> I do too. I also think there aren't many logical landing places for him other than maybe Vegas. And if he's not already kind of campaigning for that, it looks, sounds like he's actually done and you know I, he didn't look like he was having much fun this last year. He he had some great comebacks, but playing on a losing team. And I, I think he's still a good quarterback, but not he's not the guy he was because he just can't be. I, it's probably a logical move. I also don't begrudge him if he wants to change his mind. Whatever. I mean, I don't I don't really feel the need to rush people out the door.
1: No, I I, I agree with that. I, I I never felt like Vegas was a, was a great option for him because his family is all in in Florida East Coast. And even though he's from California, so maybe the 49ers, there might've been something there, but, but again, I think Kyle Shanahan's made it very clear. He's happy with, with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, letting them battle it out and sending Jimmy Garoppolo packing and maybe he'll end up in Vegas. We'll see about that, but it's yeah. Brady, you say, congrats, great career. Don't we all wish we had a thirty-seven million dollar a year retirement job? see <laughs> yes. working for Fox. <laughs> so yes. I think I think that that Tommy's going to be just fine. And yeah, and you, you talk about the Super Bowl looking ahead to next week, and I, I think it's going to be a fun game, a close matchup, and you can tell that by the the spread—only a, a point and a half for the Eagles. And I know we're, we'll break it down more next week, but but I, I think it's going to be a fun game, fun matchup. So you have to say, yeah, look ahead to that. Uh, Sean Payton is an interesting story. I personally wouldn't have wanted to give up a, a first and second round pick for a coach <laughs> and, and a coach who's almost 60 years old. But we'll see what he can do with Russell Wilson. He doesn't have a lot of draft picks to work with. We know that, that's for sure. And, and the Broncos just gave up the first round pick that they had remaining they don't have that pick because of the Peyton trade, more or less. So a lot of interesting things going on around the league. But, yeah, certainly the Brady story is big and the Super Bowl coming up next week and and the Vikings, what are they going to do on the defensive coordinator side? <clears throat> and then leading into the March 15th new league year and salary cap maneuvers, player cuts, a lot of things are going to happen here in the next whatever six weeks.
0: No doubt about it. Uh, let's do something unusual to wrap up the show. Once again, thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Check out the Viking Update show and all of our other shows at TalkNorth.com. We've got Russo, LaPanta, Cheryl Reeve, Lavelle Neal, Roy Smalley, John Malay on preps, uh, Dave Lee, Mike Grimm on the gophers. Uh, we've added The Fun House with Joe Anderson. We have outdoor content and we keep adding shows so go to talknorth.com to check it out. Subscribe to whichever shows you like. It's again, it's free, it's easy. And if you know anybody who would like to advertise with Jeff and this show, you can reach Karen Cleary at k c l e a r y at talknorth.com. So let's do this. I, what I, one thing I find about picks, I, I think picks are ridiculous to begin with, of course, but they're uh, they're fun. You know, it's an easy way to analyze games. But I always find that people ask me for my pick, and then by the time the game arrives, I usually have changed my mind because I've learned something more or thought it a different way. So let's make our Super Bowl pick this week, and let's see if we feel different a week from now. I'll write down the results and see where we are. Uh, so I'll go first, so you have a chance to think about it. At this moment, Chiefs, Mahomes, Gimpy, Hurts, maybe getting healthier, but didn't look at his complete best in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think they have a better top to bottom roster. I think that Mahomes, even though he played w- very well last week, you're still talking about high ankle sprain. He's still, to me, not able to do some of the things he used to do. Uh, not a great cast of uh, of receivers other than Travis Kelsey. I think the I think the Eagles. W- I think the overall depth of their roster. The fact that Jalen Hurts will probably be pretty spry two weeks from now. I will take the Eagles by about four points, like twenty. 4-20.
1: to 20. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Jim. I just think the Eagles are a better all-around team. And I can see them having some success moving the ball on offense. I can see them shutting down the Kansas City running attack, which Cincinnati did a good job of doing that last week. So it's going to be all on Mahomes. And that Eagle secondary is very stout. You got, you got Slay. You got Bradbury at the corners. You got Reddick rushing the passer and, and a whole host of pass rushers. Even guys like Endomic and Sue probably playing 15 20 snaps and making an impact. Philly is just loaded on defense. So yeah, I'm gonna go Eagles also, and I'm gonna say 30 to 24. And Kansas City may have trouble even scoring that many points. But I, I think I think I think this is a, an Eagles Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts is is such a good player but he's got so much help around him such a good running attack and that offensive line of philadelphia wow they they are exceptional led by jason kelsey and it'll, it'll be fun to have the kelsey brothers competing even though they're not not in the field at the same time they both play offense and a lot of great storylines with the super bowl of course andy reed going against his former team i don't think andy's going to get it done next week <laughs>
0: No, I don't think so. Uh, but I'm very intrigued by this game. Uh, first matchup of black quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. And uh, and man, too, really, I think Hertz was the leading MVP candidate until he got hurt. And I think Mahomes is the MVP.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I think you're talking about, along with Joe Burrow, the, the most impactful quarterbacks this season. And it'll be a, it'll be a fun Super Bowl.
0: No doubt about it. We'll be here next week to get more into the actual game, the matchup, our analysis. Great to have Jeff, the former Vikings general manager, on the network. Thanks again to Brandon Morton, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com.